0: Thanks for listening to the Valley Point Church Podcast. We hope it's a blessing to you. Good morning, Valley Point Church. My name is Eric. I'm one of the pastors here, and it is great to see you. We are mid-July. Actually, we're a little past mid-July, and it is hot out, isn't it? But it feels okay in here, right? It does, and I'm really glad that you're here. As a family, we had the chance to get away for a little bit, spend some time at the beach, stay up too late, watch movies, eat great food, and play games together. It was a very refreshing time for us as a family. But I can tell you this when we're not here, we really do miss our Valley Point Church family. You are loved, and it feels so good to be back today. So thanks for coming. It's been a joy already just to respond to the greatness of God with you, and I look forward to our time as we think about our summer theme. Ben and Gus did a great job over the past couple of weeks walking us through Reclaiming Sacred Words, and will you help me just thank them? Can we do that? What we're doing with this summer theme is Simple we're looking at words that have probably lost a bit of relevance in this modern world. And so we're just looking at these beautiful, glorious, sacred words, and we're seeking to reframe them a bit, revitalize them, breathe new life into them so that we can deepen our friendship with God and deepen our friendship with other people as well. So that has been our desire to look at these words that have lost a bit of punch in our modern world, reframe them so we can once again focus on God and also deepen the relationships that we have with each other. Our words for today are the New Testament. And I would encourage you to take out your talk notes and you can begin taking some notes and writing some things down, so you have something to take home with you today. Our sacred words for today, the New Testament. Now, here's what's interesting about these words. We use them all of the time here at Valley Point Church, so they are not uncommon to us. It's not unusual for me or whoever may be teaching to say, okay, take your Bible and open it up to the New Testament book of Romans, and we're gonna spend some time in that book. Or maybe you would hear something like this. Today, we're gonna actually look at a passage of scripture in the New Testament book of 2 Peter. So take your Bible or your device and follow along as I begin to read in that New Testament book. And we're gonna do that in just a few moments. So the New Testament, these are not uncommon words. They're ancient, certainly, but not uncommon. So why do we need to reclaim a common yet ancient set of words? Why walk through this exercise? Well, I believe an understanding of what we hold in our hands regarding the word of God when we really understand it, when we get it, and when it moves us and excites us on the inside, we have a deeper appreciation and love for what God has given to us so that we can know him. And whenever we have the chance, I think whenever we have the chance to just deepen our understanding of God and our love for what he has given to us, that means good things for our lives. And so that is the hope for today. Here's what I wanted to do. The the goal is to simply give an overview of the New Testament. In order to do that, though, I think we have to give somewhat of an overview of the entire Bible, and then we'll narrow our focus on the New Testament. Okay? Does that sound good? Nod your head if you're with me. All right. Wonderful. So let's think about the Bible. The Bible is not just one book. Often we think of it that way, and you can say that it's one book, but it's really made up of multiple books, 66 books, in fact, written over a period of 1,500 years by multiple authors using three different languages. That's somewhat of an overview of the whole Bible. Multiple books, multiple authors, over a long period of time, it was written and compiled using three different languages. The Old Testament. And by the way, the word testament, and I would encourage you to write this down, you're not gonna see it on the screen, but you should write this down because whenever we are teaching here, we're either looking at an Old Testament book or a New Testament book. That word testament refers to a covenant partnership. So there is an old covenant partnership that God had with people, the Old Testament, Testament, and there is a new covenant partnership that God has with people, or the New Testament. So when we think about a testament, whether it's the Old Testament or the New Testament, we are referring to a covenant partnership, and that's what we find in the Bible. That's what makes it so unique, and why we should read it consistently, because it reveals God to us and how we can be in a partnership and in a relationship with him. The Bible shares one magnificent and complicated, you could say easily. The Bible shares one magnificent yet complicated narrative of God being in covenant partnership with the nation of Israel and then eventually all of humanity. So as we talk about a Testament, we're talking about a covenant partnership that God has with people, that God has with us. So the old covenant partnership, the Old Testament, it contains 39 books and shares the story of creation, the forming of a nation that God loved dearly. God's dealing with that nation, all with the promise that a Messiah, a rescuer, Jesus was coming and the unique thing about the Old Testament and I think this is extraordinary is that every book in some way and a lot of the times you got to look for it and search for it and put in the hard work to find this but every book in some way points to Jesus a rescuer's coming a messiah will arrive and he will save he will rescue that is his job description Every book, every single book in this Old Covenant partnership, all 39 books in some way, they point to Jesus and that makes the Old Testament very unique. The New Testament is made up of 27 books and it is the capstone of what we see revealed in the Old Testament. I want to share some thinking points with you now and this is just good information for us to know. So if you love bits of information and detail. I'm going to give you some of that as we think about the New Testament and the Scriptures. So before we get to our big idea, just some thinking points. Number one, God chose to reveal himself in a progressive way. And his written word, the Bible, gradually unfolded more and more truth about his person and work. So that's one thinking point. Here's a second one. The Bible is one book. We already talked about this, yet many books. The Bible, that word itself means the book and comes from the Greek word biblos, which means scroll or book. And so it is one book, yet it's containing many books, again, that all share one seamless theme about the work and person of Christ. And then number three, the Bible is a progressive revelation, which harmoniously traces redemption from Genesis, the very first book, to Revelation, the last book we find in the Bible. The Bible is a progressive revelation, which harmoniously traces redemption from Genesis to Revelation. So in the book of Genesis, there is this wonderful account of creation and the forming of a nation and all kinds of great things that are happening. And within that book, redemption. And then when you move to the next book in the Old Testament, redemption and the next book and the next book and when you get into the New Testament we have the advent the arrival of Jesus and he lived and died and rose again paying the price for our sins and this is all the story of redemption and then you have the epistles these letters that we'll discuss in just a moment that talk about how God wants us to live and how we can honor him and live in a correct way. And scripture ends with the promise of Christ's return and a new heaven and a new earth. This theme of redemption just runs through every book that you see in scripture. The Bible is a unified and consistent portrait that centers on the person of Jesus Christ and that is the Bible's primary theme. Now, I share all of that because I think what we hold in our hands is absolutely extraordinary. When you think about how this was written and packaged, and sure, there's controversy and there are things that are difficult to understand, but ultimately, one unified theme, redemption from front to back, the story of God throughout history, bending over backwards again and again and again to rescue humans. That's what you find in this book. It is just extraordinary. And we don't worship the Bible. We don't do that, but we worship the God that is revealed here. And this is how he has chosen to show himself to us through Scripture, so here's our big idea that will frame our conversation today, and I would encourage you to fill in these blanks. The New Testament now. So we're going to narrow our focus. That's kind of an overview of all of Scripture and this unifying theme. The New Testament is an invitation to a journey of discovering God. And again, this is why I would posit we have to spend time in the New Testament, in the Old Testament as well. But the New Testament uniquely is this Invitation to a journey of discovering God. I think the New Testament invites us to explore, to question, to seek the path of wisdom. Which is another theme that you see throughout Scripture. Choose wisdom, and that can be found in the person and in the work of Christ. And the New Testament is just this invitation to discover God, to question, to explore, and to seek wisdom. In other words, the New Testament is not something to dread. (laughs) <laughs> okay? Often when it comes to scriptures, it's like, oh my goodness, I don't know where to start and it's intimidating and there's words and it doesn't make sense and there's names and it's so difficult to understand and I get that. But ultimately, the New Testament and the Bible as a whole is not something to fear. It's an invitation to see God, to love Him, to know Him, and to understand what He wants for us. This is the beauty of Scripture. Now, with that in mind, I want to share some fun facts with you about how the New Testament was shaped, okay? Yay, fun facts about the Bible. Here we go. Number one, the New Testament, less than one-third the length of the Old Testament was written from about 45 to 95 AD in coin A Greek which was the common language or the international language of the people of that particular time now this is what's unique about the new testament written in a very short period of time and the reason it was written in a short period of time is because all of the authors were eyewitnesses to the life of Jesus And so they wrote in a short period of time so that we would know what they said about him was accurate and true because they saw him, they observed him, they were eyewitnesses to his life. The Old Testament, written over a long period of time, the New Testament, it was written in a short period of time by people who had access to Jesus and seeing him and it was written in a common language. Another fun fact, The New Testament books were separately circulated and then gradually collected together and we can know that we hold in our hands exactly what God wants us to have after they were circulated and affirmed and put together. Here's another fun fact. Of the nine New Testament authors, only Luke was a Gentile, which means all of the other authors were Jewish individuals. Just kind of an interesting thought. Dr. Luke wrote the Gospel of Luke. He was a physician and he also wrote a follow-up to his Gospel called the Book of Acts. But he was not a Jewish individual. He was a Gentile, the only non-Jewish author in the New Testament. How about this? Paul, the apostle, wrote 13 books. He's got the most books in the New Testament. John wrote five. Luke and Peter wrote two. And Matthew, Mark, James, Jude, and the author of Hebrews, who is unknown, each wrote one. Those are just some fun facts about the New Testament. Let me talk to you for just a few moments about how the New Testament is categorized. So again, whenever we say, hey, let's open up the Gospel of Matthew, I want you to have some sense of where that fits in the context of the New Testament and how this is a covenant partnership. This is a testament and how we can know God and where it fits into a different category. So there's three basic categories in the New Testament. There are historical books and that includes Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and the book of Acts. They all talk about Jesus, his life, his birth, his death, his resurrection, paying the price for redemption, his ascension and return to heaven. And they include a lot of the things that Jesus said and what he did. And then you get into the book of Acts and you have the launch of the church. Like Jesus is no longer here. But the Holy Spirit comes, he takes up residence within the lives of believers. This church is formed, an institution that God put together to share the greatest message in all of the world and that's what we're still doing today those are the historical books there are five of them then we have the pauline epistles there are 13 different letters really that paul wrote he wrote nine letters to groups or to churches trying to encourage them and help them like hey i'm observing this in your particular church and You're over here, and I think God wants you to be over here, so let me help you kind of move in this direction. A lot of his letters are very challenging, very direct, but also encouraging. Live like Christ. Four of the letters are written to individuals with a lot of the same type of encouragement. So those are the Pauline epistles. And then we have nine non-Pauline epistles written by other individuals, And the New Testament concludes with the book of Revelation, which talks about the hope of Christ's return and a new heaven and a new earth. Okay, let's ask this. Sounds great, right? New Testament, there's these authors written over a certain period of time but it feels like we're living on the surface of the sun right now, and probably everybody's just thinking about bills to pay and what I have to accomplish this week, and so what does this do for me, right? Here's this sacred word, New Testament, a covenant partnership, and this is what God has done, and we read from the New Testament, but what does this have to do with me and for me today? How do I use some of this information? Well, let me encourage all of us this way. As we dive into the New Testament, and I want to encourage you, please dive into scripture. You hear me say this occasionally. If the only scripture you get is what you hear on Sunday, you will starve spiritually. You got to feed yourself Monday through Saturday. And that's on all of us as individuals. And God has given us something to feed ourselves spiritually that satisfies and is enough. It's the Bible. So we've got to spend some time in this. And so let me encourage you this way. With all of this information about how the New Testament is packaged and how it was shaped, allow these authors, as you dive into the New Testament and as you read Paul's letters, other letters, as you read books of history, as you read the book of Revelation and think about what is to come Allow these authors to mentor you, okay? I think we all can benefit from a mentor. And maybe you have someone who mentors you, who coaches and disciples you. Maybe you don't. If you don't, and even if you do have one that you can identify, allow these human authors who were imperfect, and had issues, as you dive into the narrative of what they share and the instruction they provide, allow them to mentor you because they can. They can. We got to open ourselves up to that. And so all of the fun facts about the New Testament, how it's packaged, the structure, ultimately points to This book is for us, it has one unified theme, it is extraordinary, and it can mentor us if we allow that to happen by spending time in the word of God. I found this, and I just want to share it with you. The New Testament writers include, get this, and so this is how we know they can actually mentor us, because there's a wide variety of people who contributed to the New Testament. So the New Testament writers include a tax collector, a physician, a tent maker, two fishermen, and two carpenters. Some authors were highly educated while others were unschooled. The Bible contains the work of freemen and slave, landholder and yeoman, prosperous and poor. Its chapters were written in palaces and in prisons, in cities and in wildernesses, in times of war and peace, and in every other circumstance. The New Testament, it is a divine library for us. All of scripture is that. Again, we're thinking specifically today about the New Testament, this new covenant partnership. It is a divine library for us that just begs us and invites us, read me, read me. And along the way, we have this opportunity to be mentored by people who sat next to Jesus and learned from him and observed him, and watched him, and recorded all of that for us. This is the power of the New Testament. Now, notice that we have talked about the Bible, and we have talked about the New Testament, and we haven't actually opened it yet. So I want to take the remainder of my time, and I want to ask you to take your Bible or your device, and let's find the book of 2 Peter 2nd Peter is a New Testament book. Probably the best way to find 2nd Peter is open your Bible to the back. And there you'll find the ending book in the New Testament, the book of Revelation, which talks about the hope of Christ's return and a new heaven and a new earth, ultimate redemption. If you keep turning to the left, eventually you will find Hey Jude. Da, da, da. I'm trying to wake some of you up, okay? Jude, it's actually there. And then you find 3 John, 2 John, 1 John. If you keep turning to the left, eventually you will bump into 2 Peter. Now, I found something fascinating this morning when I was reviewing my notes. We're gonna begin reading in verse 16 in just a moment. But in 2 Peter chapter one, in verse five, guess what you find? You find a list very similar to the fruit of the Spirit. Now, if you were here last summer, that was our theme. We talked about nine flavors. The fruit of the Spirit as found in Galatians chapter five. The Holy Spirit, we memorized it. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I think I got it. I'm not sure. I may have invented a fruit or two, but you can check and let me know later. Against these things, there is no law. Well, what you find, lo and behold, in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5, is you get a list that's kind of similar to that. It's not exactly the same, but there is a pattern there that mirrors the fruit of the Spirit. And you just see this over and over and over again in Scripture. It's so refreshing. Okay, verse 16, Peter is the author. Here's what he says about Scripture. I think this is great. For we, and I think Peter is talking about the different eyewitnesses to the person of Christ and even the different authors of scripture. He says, we were not making up clever stories when we told you about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We saw his majestic splendor with our own eyes when he received honor and glory from God the Father. The voice from the majestic glory of God said to him, This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. We ourselves heard that voice from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. Because of that experience, we have even greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets. You must pay close attention to what they wrote for their words are like a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and Christ the morning star shines in your hearts. Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding or from human initiative. No, these prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. I want you to look at verse 19 again. You must pay close attention to what they wrote for their words are like a lamp shining in a dark place wow let's all heed the words of our mentor this morning peter who tells us this the bible scripture and I think he's encompassing with his language there everything in the Old Testament and everything in the New Testament let's pay close attention to what is written here let's not neglect it let's not push it away let's not ignore it and get preoccupied with a lot of other things but let's pay close close attention to what they wrote for their words are like a lamp shining in a dark place Do you have any dark places in your world? Personally? In your family or in your workplace or in your school? Any dark places there? Probably. Any dark places in our world? It's not hard to answer. So from our mentor today, he's telling us, you have the opportunity to be a lamp. <laughs> a lamp in a dark place. Well, how refreshing is that? Sounds amazing. And that's what we have the chance to, to do and to be as a faith community, a lamp in a dark place. But in order to do that, we have to pay close attention to what they wrote for. Their words are like a lamp shining in a dark place. So the New Testament, it is an invitation to a journey of discovering God and it is worth every second we give. I hope that really falls on you today. Why this is worth every second we can give. You have not wasted your time today by sitting under the mentorship of the Apostle Peter. All right, three takeaways. Number one, read it. Read the New Testament and place yourself into the story. And if everybody chooses a different path for how they read, I don't really care how you do that. It just needs to be done. If you want to take the Monday through Friday reading plan that's in your talk notes right there, I think that's a great place to start. If you want to jump online, there's all kinds of reading plans that you can sign up for that will help you engage in the Word of God and in the New Testament Whatever it is, just be sure you're reading it. And then place yourself into the narrative. Allow these authors to mentor you because they want to, and it's what God set up. Number two, wrestle with the New Testament. Wrestle with it. It's, it's complicated. It's hard to understand. Often we read things, and this doesn't make a lot of sense, and so you know we close it. Uh, it's not for me. I don't get it. And so we don't continue... When you come across something you don't understand, wrestle with it. Seek to find, meaning reach out to other people. Do searches and discover what it says because I think when we wrestle with something, we tend to walk away with a limp. We're marked by it and if there's something you don't understand, your time invested in, that limp that you develop will forever mark you. So wrestle with the New Testament. It is difficult and it is hard, but... Let's make sure we're really diving in and doing our best to understand. And then number three, seek to live the truth you discover. It's one thing to read it and to know, oh, that's what God wants me to do, but you know, I'm gonna go over here and do my own thing anyway. That's uh, not what God wants for us. Seek to live the truth that you discover. The word of God should be a mirror. And when we look into it, and see that we have something between our teeth, we should take care of that, right? Like we should clean that up and move on and thank God for revealing to us something that was wrong or off in our activity or in our appearance. The word of God has that kind of ability. So seek to live the truth you discover. May God give us the strength and the passion to look at what he has given to us in the word of God, in the Old and the New Testament, and to understand it so we can appreciate it and love it and then seek to live it. Father, we are thankful for some time today just to walk through a couple of words that are not uncommon to us some of the words we've talked about in our themes so far are words we don't use at all. And then there are words that we occasionally use, and then there are words like the New Testament that we use all of the time. But I pray that we would walk away from today, all of us, with just this deeper understanding and appreciation and love for what you have given to us, The New Testament is full of mentors. It's full of them who want to sit down with us and want to share what you gave to them. And you provided those words a long time ago, but they are still so appropriate and helpful for life today. So God, I pray that you'd help me to become more passionate about your word and being in it and shaped by what I read and study hey God I, I pray that for Valley Point Church that we would be a community of people seeking to find you and question and wrestle with these difficult truths we want to do that. In the process, we want to seek the path of wisdom. And that can all be found in the Bible. So God, as we continue each and every week to just unpack a verse or a scripture or read a story, may we be reminded that this is a, it's a covenant partnership. The Bible's a story of you reaching out to rescue humanity, and that's us. So help us to enjoy that and learn from it. And help us to allow these words to mark us. Give us a passion for your word this week. We do pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. If you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation, please go to valleypointchurch.com slash online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way send us a message at prayer at valleypointchurch.com Be blessed.